Front-end web frameworks are software toolkits that handle many of the low-level and repetitive aspects of building a website. These frameworks have made it easier than ever to build a modern website. The open-source Astro framework was created in 2021 for the purpose of creating simple static sites that load quickly. A key factor to its high performance is that, by default, web pages don't include any JavaScript. However, Astro gives users the ability to opt into using JavaScript wherever it makes sense in their projects. Astro also has the file-based routing and server-side rendering capabilities found in frameworks like Next.js. James Q. Quick has worked at Microsoft, PlanetScale, and Auth0, and is a popular technical content creator. He is an advocate of the Astro framework and joins the show to talk about what distinguishes it from Next.js, Svelticit, and other major frameworks. This episode of Software Engineering Daily is hosted by Sean Falconer. Check the show notes for more information on Sean's work and where to find him. James, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Let's start off with some basics. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, I consider myself three things, a developer, a speaker, and a teacher. I've done some combination of those three things professionally for over 10 years now, which is kind of hard to believe. I have a lot of experience in developer experience, developer relations teams, software engineering, and then I've spent the last several years focusing big on content, doing YouTube and podcasts and courses and that sort of stuff. And I've been doing that full time for myself now for a little over a year, which is pretty cool. What were you doing before that, before you sort of moved into full-time content? Yeah, I had been doing a developer advocate role. So working in developer relations for a few years before going full-time for myself. And then before that was software development, before that was technical evangelism, basically the same type of thing at Microsoft when I started my career. Awesome. So, you know, we're talking about the Astro framework today, but before we get into that, I wanted to mention, you know, we recently met actually in person at the Shift conference and I didn't get a chance to tell you, you know, you gave a great talk there and I really enjoyed it. Maybe could you give the quick sort of TLDR of what you presented? Yeah. So it was about the impact that AI is having on developer experience. And I didn't want to take the super traditional route of like, it's amazing. It changes everything. We should all be scared of our jobs. And so it was kind of a A lot of it was a meta talk, just kind of looking at the history of like evolution and innovation and how every time we have major inventions come along, like things change and AI is no different, right? Like we look at what it took to deploy, to build and deploy an application 10 years ago and the things that we don't have to worry about now because of the tooling. AI is just another one of those things that's going to make it easier, I think, for us to continue to build. And people kind of have this fear of like AI is going to take my job. But the flip side of that is like, What if it doesn't take your job? What if it enables us to do more with the time we have than we ever thought before? Anyway, so I thought it was kind of a fun, a lot of meta perspective on like how we've changed over the course of times, how we handle change and how AI is just one of those changes that will get incorporated, I think, from a developer's perspective into our daily workflow and enable us to continue to do more and more. Yeah, I feel like we tend to have sort of a short-term memory when it comes to <laughs> like history of innovation. You know, I even think like, you know, there was a time when, you know, people freaked out about the movement from assembly, coding and assembly to like higher level languages. And they're like, oh, but, you know, I need to, you know, twiddle my bits and, and optimize. But a lot of the companies that essentially refuse to adapt to, you know, things like C++, C and other higher level languages that came along, they don't exist anymore because essentially they couldn't move at the same speed. I think we're sort of in a similar space when it comes to this sort of new generation of AI. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that was a, a big part of the talk too, was just handling change and how our reality changes on a daily basis. Like something dramatic like death or getting married or having kids or whatever, like your world that you live in that day versus the previous day is definitively different. And the world that we live in as developers now is different than it was a few years ago because we now have these tools at our disposal and it's the people who are going to embrace that and take advantage of that that are going to be the most successful. And the people who, you know, don't handle that change, who aren't interested in learning anything new, they're going to continue to struggle. And I think that's always been true. Like this maybe is more dramatized with AI because it's come out of almost nowhere to be so popular and a little overwhelming. But the reality is like you have to be able to handle change and to learn new things. And that's always been true. Yeah, I think some of the like, I don't know, like the perception of threat from it is because it's a little bit black boxy, like even people who are experts in the space don't always know exactly what, you know, what essentially (laughs) is going to be spit out from, you know, the neural network or whatever sort of models being used. So I think that basically when there's a lack of understanding from humans, a lot of times there's also reaction in terms of fear. But one of the things I thought was really refreshing about your talk was that you were really transparent of sort of about your level of expertise in the area. You know, you weren't saying I'm an AI expert or anything. You were just like, hey, I'm a developer. I've been in, you know, working in this space for a long time. Here's what I'm thinking about and also relating that to like this history of innovation. And there's so much happening right now in the AI space that there's a lot of people that, you know, hadn't heard of a vector or reinforcement learning six months ago that are sort of posturing themselves now as like experts. So I just thought that was uh, really refreshing. I wanted to call that out. I think it's important because my talk was not from the perspective of someone who's done a deep dive into AI and all the buzzwords and the science behind it, because that's not me at all. I'm just your average developer like everyone else. But I see the impact. Like I see the way that it's changing that I write code and I come up with ideas and get creativity and, and all sorts of things. So yeah, that was that was important, I think, for me to share that to kind of give a level set of, of where the perspective was coming from. All right. Well, now that we have our mandatory generative AI talk out of the way, <laughs> let's talk Astro. So for anyone who isn't familiar with this framework, can you give a little bit of background? Like what is it and sort of what do you use it for? Yeah. So Astro is predominantly known for, but there's a big caveat to this that we'll, we'll obviously dive into for creating basically static sites. And if we look back over the course of maybe five years or so, we got really into the idea of, of the Jamstack and that was really focused on statically generating content. So we had in the JavaScript ecosystem, there was Gatsby, I think was the, the thing for me that really brought my eye to generating static websites. And so what that means is like if I have a blog, every individual blog page is generated at build time and then it's just a static HTML asset basically that lives on a CDN and gets served whenever the request comes in. And we kind of went through this revolving door almost over the last five years of looking at like, okay, that works really great for a lot of different reasons, but there's also a lot of reasons that we do want the server to be involved going back to something more traditional like a Ruby on Rails or a Node.js backend where we're we're having a request come in to the server, we're going and loading data from a database or wherever, and then using that to generate markup that goes back to the browser. And so we've kind of been like, circling in the ecosystem and web development to try to figure out like what's the best combination of all those tools. And I think what we found is it is with the modern frameworks that we have, it's important to have the ability to statically generate pages to server side render pages and then kind of mix and match all that so that we can strategically make decisions on what's going to be the right decision, not only at an application basis, but on a page basis. Anyway, so Astro has come in 
and really ran with the idea of statically generated content. So Astro by default, you create a page, file-based routing, that page at build time is going to be generated statically and then just serve statically from a CDN. Astro is really optimized and targeted at amazing developer experiences for content heavy sites. So things like working with Markdown, this is why I started using Astro because it just kind of has everything built in. I don't have to like write any manual parsers of Markdown. I don't have to add any like manual code syntax highlighting and stuff. It just takes care of all of that stuff. They've also gone into, I'm sure we'll talk about this more as well, another level of structure with your content and content collections, which allows you to use Zod to determine or to define like TypeScript types for your front matter, et cetera, just making the entire process of working on content-driven sites easier and easier. Probably the last thing that is most important is that Astro doesn't ship any JavaScript by default. So with those static pages, no JavaScript goes to the browser by default. Things like Next.js, for example, can create static pages, but they also then ship React to the browser to do hydration and do other interactive things like you would with a regular React application. So by default, Astro does not do that, but you can opt in to JavaScript when and where you want. So you can write just vanilla JavaScript, you can also incorporate other framework libraries like React, Vue, Svelte, et cetera, which is really, really unique. But first and foremost, Astro is content heavy. It is focused on performance, zero JavaScript. But, and this is something I'm sure we'll dive more into that I am super excited about. It also has the entire server-side capabilities that something like Next.js has. So you really can use it as a full stack framework. It's just kind of working its way into making a name for itself in the full stack piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned vanilla JS there. I guess that that be. I feel like writing vanilla JS at this point is a little bit like being stuck in the world of hey, insisting I need to write assembly and not uh, use C or C plus plus or something like that. Versus you know the million frameworks yeah. that are out there that can make your job so much easier. It's hilarious timing for you to bring that up. I don't know if you saw Twitter today, but I posted something basically like that on Twitter to say like I just don't have a use case to actually use vanilla JavaScript for anything like what I get out of a framework, and there's lots of different frameworks that are optimal for lots of different things. What I get out of a framework, I'm not willing to give up to build all of that stuff from scratch. And there's actually a lot of pushback and debate in that tweet, which is really interesting and a fun, super fun conversation. But I am of the mind in this case of like, yes, there's almost nothing I would do with vanilla JavaScript versus using a framework of some sort. I think vanilla JavaScript is super important to learn. I think it's super important like to work with and to try to build things as you're learning to give you a better appreciation and understanding of frameworks. But going forward, there's not a choice that I would make. Now, the interesting thing is like in Astro, you can choose to add tiny bits of vanilla JavaScript whenever you want, which I think that actually makes sense. But you're still using a framework to give you the structure that Astro gives you for a lot of different things while then throwing in vanilla JavaScript on top of that. So it still uses a framework, but it is, it seems obvious to me, like personally, I would not build something with vanilla JavaScript, something real, like more than just a landing page, but that's also still a debated topic. So there's a lot of fun conversation around that to be had, I think. Yeah, I'll have to check that out and see what the arguments for it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely value, of course, you know, stepping away a little bit from Astro, but to the meta conversation here, but there's value of like learning, I think, vanilla JavaScript or or even like learning how to write a programming language or learning how to write build a database from scratch. But I probably wouldn't advise a company, unless you had like really compelling reasons to go and roll your own programming language, your own encryption and your own database when there's such a plethora of like really, really well thought out, well vetted systems that have been out there for a really long time. But so it sounds like 
the way that you're talking about Astro, it kind of came in with this approach or thought process around, hey, we're going to be really good at this particular thing of sort of statically generated content. And then since then, it's kind of like expanded out. So, you know, it's not a CMS. It's not competing directly, at least originally with any of these like frameworks like Next.js or Vue or anything like that. And it's not, you know, a platform as a service type of application, like a, you know, a Vercel or Netlify or something like that. It's kind of trying to carve out its own niche. And then it sounds like it's expanding from there probably to accommodate other use cases because you could go and use Astro to generate, you know, a static content site, but then you might run into essentially some limitation of just being able to do that. So then you're like, hey, how can I, you know, insert some JavaScript or insert some server-side scripting or, or or rendering or something like that in order to serve this use case so I don't end up having to essentially leave the framework to go do that type of work. Yeah, I think that's 100% it. And the thing I think that's most impressive and exciting for me about Astro is if you look at like where they started and what they were targeting, exactly what you said, like content-driven sites, markdown experience, MDX integration, et cetera, they, they have done that better than any other framework I've used. Like hands down, for me, definitively better than any other framework. So the thing that they decided they were going to do well, they did really, really well, which makes me so much more and continued optimistic about when they decide to continue to make improvements on other things, those things from a developer experience perspective are going to be super, super good. So again, you have the ability right now to have server-side rendering. You could mix server-side rendering and statically generated pages. You can define API endpoints. You can handle form submissions. You can do all the things that you would expect with a server. But where they are right now, I think some of the niceties that you would get with something like Next.js aren't there because that hasn't been the priority yet. But we're seeing more and more of those things come into play. And again, as they add those features and really target them, I think they're going to implement whatever they implement as good as anyone else from a framework perspective. Yeah, it's kind of a, a land and expand strategy in terms of if you think about mm -hmm. like go to market, essentially, it's like, hey, we're going to like do this one thing better than anybody else. And we're going to capture some portion of the market that way. But then we need to also serve these more expansive use cases as as we essentially generate momentum with the market. Do you feel like by maybe sort of diversifying away from the original like vision or what they were known for by serving these other types of use cases and might take away from the quality of the framework or anything. Have you seen stuff like that? Or is it that they're just like really nailing the feature expansion as well? So I don't have that concern. That certainly is a reasonable question for people to think about. I think it's inevitable that to gain uses or to gain not notoriety, but gain like an audience, but also just like usability. I think they have to go the route that they're doing of incorporating and adding server-side running and, and those type of features. I think I'm not concerned about sacrificing that first part because that first part, the statically generated part and the content integration, one, it's already gotten better, but it also is just so much better than anything else I've used that I'm not, I'm not, even if they stopped improving on that, they're still above the other frameworks in my mind. So I think they could easily divert a lot of attention to bringing that type of developer experience to more of the backend full stacky things and still have top-notch experience on the things that they were immediately or initially known for. So it's not a concern of mine. It definitely is a viable concern for anything that goes beyond like their initial thing that they're good at, but it seems like it's very incremental. And so it's not like they're just throwing on a bunch of new things and trying to force you to do things differently. They're adding on these things and kind of chipping away to the point of adoption along the way is super easy. And then at a certain point, and I kind of feel like it's almost there, like 
it's just in the running of like, do you choose Next.js? Do you choose Saltkit? Do you choose Astro? Like it's it's almost there, I think, of being like a really viable choice from a developer experience perspective across the board. And I think, again, it'll just get better and better without sacrificing the initial stuff that they're known for. It, one of the things that you mentioned was the sort of built-in support for Markdown and how that just kind of works out of the box. And one of the things that, that kind of made me think about was, you know, leveraging this framework for, you know, developer documentation. I think a lot of the kind of freely available or e- even open source documentation sites out there, they kind of like for actual like professional business, like you, you end up like hitting certain limitations with them where they just don't fully serve your needs. And then you kind of end up like rolling your own at some point. And a lot you see that cycle with companies a lot where they end up kind of just making this a project that they have to like build and support internally. Have you seen any momentum around using Astro for like technical documentation for developers? I mean, so I don't have specifics, but I think that's exactly the primary use case that they started with, right? Like if you look at technical documentation, a lot of that is probably written in Markdown anyway. And then you look at like, how do you piece all this stuff together in a nice way? And not only does Astro have support out of the box for Markdown, it has support through an integration with a one line terminal command to add MDX. You have the ability to use either or. It also is a first class citizen and like file-based routing. So you could have like an index.astro, you could have an about.astro, and then you could have a cooldocs.md, right? Like in that root directory. And that cooldocs is going to be a like a hosted page just based on that markdown file being there. So those things built in are just, I think that's exactly what this is for. And occasionally I do this on my site where if I don't need to do a whole lot with my site, I'll throw a new page up as a markdown or MDX file. And it like has all the content, it has all the things and it's already there. And then I think some of the surrounding pieces of that are how do you optimize images? That's a big piece. And they have already gone from like not having an image component to having one to now in Astro V3, making it even better and being able to co-locate images easier with Markdown files. And they also have the idea of the content directory and content collections. And, And maybe again, we'll dive deeper later on, or maybe it's time to talk about it now, but I think it's one of like my favorite features by far. So content collections allows you in a specific directory to kind of list out all of your content. So blog, speaking engagements, whatever. And each one of those has a folder. In your config file, you define the front matter for each one of those using Zod to get TypeScript types. So what that means is for a blog, you'll probably have like title, author, date, description, tags, that sort of stuff. And you can define that as a model using Zod to get TypeScript types. And then built into content collections as well is query functions. So give me all of the content associated with this content collection. So posts or speaking or whatever. They also give you like built in query by slug. So if you look at like, how do you, if you have a link, a list of blog posts, and then you go to the individual blog posts, you need to get that specific blog post and all of its details to be able to render. So it has that already in place. So anyway, I think the short answer is like its primary use case, first and foremost, is to target exactly what you're saying, which is documentation. Again, having the flexibility to do many other things as well. How does the query language work? What are you sort of writing that in? Or can you kind of walk through, for example, the case of like, hey, I want to pull this subset of a collection that, you know, I don't know, has been tagged with this type of information or something like that. So these are JavaScript functions, which I like. So one of my hesitations in a lot of places is learning a new query syntax. Like that's something I don't want to do. I write JavaScript every day. So if I can get a JavaScript function, that's that much better. So the two use cases that I do know right offhand are just like, give me all the posts and then give me posts by a specific slug. I'll have to double, or we should double check offline what other functions there are. 
For searching by tags, again, this is a relatively small amount of content. I've been like querying the entire thing and then filtering in. Right, right. It still mm-hmm. runs on the server and or at build time. So if you, if it's a statically generated page, it's not 100% optimal, but it's running on the server at build time. So like doing the full query to get references to markdown files and then filtering that is not a big deal. There might also be built-in primitives for filtering. I just don't know right offhand. And unless your documentation site is, I don't know, hundreds of millions of pages, yeah. it's probably going to be okay. Right. What are some of the things that you've actually built using this framework? Yeah. So my personal site, jamesqquick.com is with Astro. And I would say there's nothing really fancy or special about it. I think the developer experience of just getting there is really nice for all the reasons that we said. It was an interesting transition. I had a Gatsby site. I was looking to move off of Gatsby. I was looking to move to Next.js. And I was going through and kind of doing this migration and having to set up like writing scripts to parse Markdown to to the files and then actually parse the Markdown and then like convert it and get syntax hot, like all these things. And it just, it felt like way too much. And I went to Astro and it was like, all that stuff is done. Like I just basically copied over the content. Anyway, so my personal site is that way. The site for my course, astrocourse.dev is built in Astro, although both of those need to be updated to Astro 3.0 if people go check it out and want to call that out, I understand. But the probably the more important thing is for the Astro course demo, we get more into building what's considered like what I consider a supercharged blog. So we do the first part of the course is just building statically generated blog. That's fine. That's the stuff you expect. But the second part is getting into some cooler stuff where we take advantage of the server. So we convert everything to server side rendering. We add automated cover images with Cloudinary. So those are able to like for a given blog, take a base image and overlay the title of blog post on the base image to create an OG image. We also do authentication and comments. So this was an important part of that was the ability to show, hey, we can do authentication, we can track cookies, we can gate pages, we can determine what type of content to show on the page based on whether or not the user is logged in. And then we can save data to a real database, handle form submissions, associate that with a user, be able to display that, all the things. So you can build, I think that's like the core example of like, you could build a full full stack application or just like CRUD application, whatever you want with the backend you could do. So that's the, the best example of like going more full stack, I think. And then you mentioned this course, what are the backgrounds, I guess, on the types of people that are like signing up for this course? Are they coming from engineering backgrounds or are they, you know, people sort of dipping their toe in the water or wants to start their own, like, I don't know, store website or personal website or something like that? I don't have much information on the people that actually signed up. The way it's phrased is the experience level would be like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, like kind of core concepts and encouraged to have experience with a framework. I think if you have experience with kind of any framework, most of what Astro does makes sense kind of out of the box. So I wouldn't be expecting someone to take the course that is new to programming. I think this is one of the topics that has a lot of buzz around it, but not a lot of super structured content like a course. There's another one coming out from another creator, which is super exciting. But that was kind of the void that I was trying to fill with this course of being able to provide that structured content, but expecting people to have basic web development background, probably experience with a framework, looking to go beyond their existing experience by learning maybe another framework, maybe learning the backend. Maybe this is people's first introduction to doing backend type stuff, which I love full stack frameworks like this because it gives you a gateway to understand more about the backend without having to think you're doing the backend in some ways. Like it's just kind of, it's in a more easily accessible way, I guess. And then can we maybe kind of run through an example? Like let's walk through the typical development workflow for like getting started with using Astro. Like let's say I want to create my own 
personal website? Like, how do I kind of go about actually doing that? Yeah. So basic on the documentation page, you can find like the create Astro project. Then there's a couple things that you can do. You can start from scratch. You can start with kind of a base template and then they have starters as well. So I forget, I think it's astro.new. Don't super quote me on that, but they have like templates that you can go and see that are in stack blitz, et cetera. What I typically do is run the command in the terminal to create a new project that has the base template. And what it has is like a layout file. It has an index file for the page and it has a component file that shows you the basics of how to do a component. So I would kind of start with that and then kind of rip out what you don't need and then start adding what you do. And so again, page-based routing means if you want an about page, you add an about.astro file in your pages directory. You can update your layout to do your SEO meta tags, things like that. You can have any sort of shared layout pieces in there as well. So if you have a header and a footer that are going to be on every page, you can do that. And then most likely what you're getting into this for is the content piece. So this is where I would go and search just like what's the configuration for content collections. You create your content directory inside of the source folder. You create a content.config. What's the name of that file? Anyway, a config file. They'll tell you the name of the documentation and they'll walk you through like how to create the types for the content that you're creating. Then you create the folder for that content, start throwing in markdown files or MDX or whatever. And then you can consume and display that on, you know, an index page for blog, or you can do dynamic routes where you're creating an individual route for individual blog posts and be able to display those there. From there, you can expand into, like if you want to add JavaScript functionality of some sort, you can expand into bringing in React or Vue or Svelte or something like that. You can also then start to see, kind of like we said earlier, are there other things that I may need to do, like take advantage of the server for some reason? Let's say I have a newsletter subscribe where I want to take emails for a newsletter. I can have that send a form submission to my backend, handle that, use an API key to save that to whatever email provider I'm using. And now all that is safe, API keys are protected, et cetera. And I'm able to kind of chip away at adding the functionality that I need. For something like a form submission for say, like a newsletter sign up. So how does, you know, typically you would probably store that information in some sort of backend database. How does that work with Astro? Is there something out of the box available or is that something you have to like sort of connect to MongoDB or MySQL or something like that? Yeah, you definitely have to do your own connection. And it's basically like anything else. I don't like... Next.js may have something more configured because they now have their own database services. But the same same general principle applies is you get access to code that runs exclusively on the server and in there you can do whatever you want. So in my case, we're using a Zeta database, which is a really nice experience on top of Postgres. And they generate TypeScript types for your data, like based on the models that you define in Zeta. So you have TypeScript types, they define a client for us, and then we can just reference that client and do a query or save or whatever it is inside of those snippets of code that run on the server. And there's a couple different ways to do that. There's inside of a page file in Astro, it basically kind of processes JavaScript code and then renders a template with server-side rendering. So it's gonna run all this code before it then generates the template that gets sent down to the browser, which means when it's running that code on the server, you can do whatever you want. So one use case for this is I'm doing a newsletter. So on the slash newsletter page, Inside of that page file, I have a condition at the top that says, if this request is a post request, do X, Y, and Z. From there, like let's say it's successful, you can redirect them to a success page. You could also, if there was some type of error, you could do validation and then send those validation messages back to the browser. So you can handle like the validation messages on the front end or from the server, whichever you want. 
So anyway, you can do server-side code inside of the actual page components. You can also define actual API endpoints that are specifically meant to handle API requests and not render content to the screen. I see. What about deployment? Are you sort of, you know, left to your own devices to figure out how to deploy this somewhere? It's kind of, again, like every other framework that you would expect, I think, where they have, in Astro's case specifically, they have integrations or like plugins, basically, for the different platform that you want to deploy to. So in, in my case, I typically deploy to Vercel and Netlify. And if you're deploying a static site from Astro, you don't need any of that. It just happens automatically. If you're deploying a server-side rendered page or a server-side rendered application, it needs those plugins to basically know how to translate that server-side code and the stuff that's going to work on those hosting providers. So there's several other hosting providers that probably people would expect. Netlify and Vercel are the two that I typically use. But you just add the integration with a terminal command and it updates the config. And that's basically it. It takes care of the rest for you. Okay. And then you've talked a little bit about how Astro is essentially framework agnostic from the front end perspective. And you can plug in, you know, Next.js, Views, Felt, anything that you want. How do you go about actually doing that? Is it just a matter of adding, you know, like you normally might do with a node application or something like that, just reference essentially the JavaScript library from somewhere in the front end? Or is there sort of a Astro framework defined way of leveraging those different libraries? Yeah, it's definitely an Astro defined way. So one big thing, and this was similar with Gatsby at the time, it had a great ecosystem of plugins. Astro is the same way. They call them integrations. So it's one line commands to add support for one of those frameworks that you want to work with. React, I think they have Angular, but Svelte, Vue, et cetera, et cetera. There's several of them. So that is an Astro defined way. It's not you just throwing in a script tag and loading React from a CDN. It's through the actual framework, which I think is definitely a plus. And then there, it's kind of interesting. This trips me up and I'm sure it's tripped other people up. By default, even if you do create a React component, import it into your Astro page component and display it, it's not going to send the JavaScript of React to the browser by default. So this is intentional again, because you want to opt into JavaScript. So when you define that you're going to have a component that is from another framework and you want it to include JavaScript, like use state, for example, in React, like anything that it does on the front end, you need to annotate that with a property inside of your reference to that component in your Astro file. And so you can do, I forget exactly what they are, but you can determine when and how to load that JavaScript so that you can make educated decisions, still focusing on performance in the application and shipping as little JavaScript as possible. I see. So you might have most of the page statically generated and then have some piece of component that depends on React, for example. And then only that portion of the page essentially is going to, if it needs it, is going to pull in the JavaScript. Absolutely. And that is... The epitome of what Astro Islands is, so this is another big buzzword with Astro, is the ability to do exactly what you're saying, only pull in the JavaScript and the specific islands or like pieces of the application that you need to. Okay. And then is there any advantages to using certain types of frameworks, you know, front-end frameworks in combination with Astro? Like, is it better set up for using, you know, Vue versus React or anything like that? Or is it doesn't really matter? As far as I know, it doesn't really matter. I've never heard of a talking point or experienced anything that was better one way or another. The general advantage of this is, again, you get to focus on zero JavaScript by default and then add that in in the sections that you want to. And then also, it's not like Astro's asking you to completely buy in to another UI library or framework, whatever you want to call it. You have the ability to bring those components over. Like if you're migrating to Astro from a React application or view, whatever, you could bring some of those things over 
directly without even taking advantage of some of the optimizations Astro could do, you could kind of just copy those over into your new Astro application and just reference them. So I think that's a benefit as well. I think it's an, also an interesting mix. Sometimes I don't have quite have my mind wrapped around like some of the things that you would do in React, like sharing state in a pure React application versus how you would do that in an Astro and React application. I think some of those things get kind of interesting. But it is an advantage, I think, to be able to just pull in components from other frameworks that you've already created or worked on. So you mentioned this concept of islands as you know one of the sort of like speed and optimization features of Astro. And I think Astro is well known for website performance. Like what are some of the other key features that are built into the frameworks in order to optimize for speed? Images is definitely one. So there's been a couple of iterations of that. This is, it's not a new thing. It's kind of par for the course. I think it's something that frameworks typically just kind of have to have or having more and more is an image component that will do things like allow you to determine the size beforehand to prevent cumulative layout shift. I always struggle with phrasing that. You can also do different sizes of images. You can have different sizes render on different size screens like you would if you were using like the picture tag or source set, for example, in just regular HTML. So images, I think, is a big thing. The other thing that I think is also very useful is that we've already kind of talked about is is not just the benefit of doing statically generated pages, but you also have the ability to do stuff on the server if and when you need to, which means less JavaScript running in the browser. So if you have server-side rendering for authentication, if you didn't have server-side rendering for authentication, you would have that loading state on the front end where we ship a page, then we have to determine if the user's logged in. So we have a loading spinner, then we show like whatever the content is or redirect them. We can do all that on the server with Astro, which has been a big, I think, kind of movement for a lot of people of trying to do more on the server in general, which again, like things process faster on the server than they're going to in the browser, most likely, and then also less JavaScript ship to the browser as well. So what are some of the things that I need to be thinking about if I'm using this framework to make sure that I'm sort of optimizing for speed? So you mentioned potentially moving some of the stuff to the server side to take advantage of essentially the speed of server side rendering and probably the advantage of maybe a larger machine or something like that versus running that directly in the browser. But what are some of the other things that from a strategy standpoint, I need to think about or or is a lot of this stuff just going to happen magically out of the box? I think the conversation for that is not specific to Astro, I guess, is is kind of what I'm trying to formulate in my head. So the nice thing about Astro, it's not just that it does a bunch of magic to magically make it performant. It's that by default, you start with performance first. So you have to be intentional about where you opt in with JavaScript and or server side rendering if you want and need it. So just out of the box, you get the fully static experience where you go through that build process and then everything's just going to be shipped down from a CDN on request time. And that as a starting point, I think is really nice versus, and I don't, I love Next.js, so don't like take this as a shot at Next.js, but by default, Next.js is still going to ship JavaScript to the browser. Other frameworks are going to do the same thing, basically. So I think just that being a starting point and then having to make intentional decisions to bring in JavaScript by itself is going to give you a better idea of when, where, how, and why to bring in JavaScript. And then what sort of tips do you have or recommendations for anybody who's kind of like trying to ramp up with this? Like, are there any kind of getches, you know, as you're like a, a new person using this framework that they should be, people should be aware of? Not to be super cliche, but mostly the answer is no. And that's the reason why it was so nice. I think 
if you compare the server side capabilities to something like Next.js or Svelkit that's been around and done more of that or Remix or something like that, I think the niceties are not going to be there. So although you can do it, I think I think it's nicer experience probably in other frameworks right now. I think that will change and continue to change and be a better and better story. So I think that's something to consider. I think there's also, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, my mind hasn't quite wrapped around if you're pulling in a lot of React components if you're pulling in other frameworks, for example, how does sharing state, for example, work between them? That's something I haven't quite wrapped my head around. So if you're thinking that you're going to convert an existing React site and continue to use all the different things that you're used to, that may not be quite true. I also don't necessarily have the answer to that. So don't take my lack of experience in that specific situation to mean it doesn't work. It's just something I haven't quite tried in depth and then don't haven't had my mind fully wrapped around how that works. So I think that could be tricky. I think the mixing of Astro components and Svelte components, for example, or like other framework components can be tricky. There's one specific instance that I don't know if I'll be able to articulate now where, oh, in, like if you use a React component, you can't import an Astro component into a React component. You can create a React component and import that into your Astro component. The reason that could be tricky is oftentimes I'll have Astro components that are like an H1 component or a header component or a nav bar component or a call out, whatever it is. And then I want to reference that thing inside of my React component or viewers felt or whatever. And you can't do that. So from the other frameworks, you can't then import an Astro component. So you have to kind of think about when and where intentionally how you define the components and how you're going to share them. The last thing that has bitten me a couple times is I mentioned this earlier. If you are using a React component or other library, you have to intentionally tag that thing HTML property wise to say, I want the JavaScript to load because by default, it's not going to load. And then it just looks like nothing happens and you have no idea why. So make sure if you are using one of the other library UI libraries in an Astro app that you mark those when you import them as uh, you want to load the JavaScript. So you talked about you're not sure essentially how state management might work if you have like a fully baked React site and you're sort of porting that over to Astro. But is that maybe like if you have a really heavy React site with a lot of dynamic components, a lot of React components built in, like, is that really a good use case for you know porting over to Astro? Like, is that something where you're kind of trying to, I don't know, put a, a round peg in a, in a square hole at that point? Like, it's not the right way to be thinking about maybe leveraging this tool like it's it's better served for other types of you know web experiences i think if you were starting that thing from scratch it would make more sense but if you're already deep into the react ecosystem like you've got a a bigger react application you're doing a lot of things i think going to next.js as a a more natural transition makes sense there are still benefits that you can get out of astro because you get file-based routing you get server-side rendering you get statically generated pages like you still get all those things Porting that to Astro, if you've got something really big in the React ecosystem, is probably a challenge. So maybe going in that case that you're mentioning, going straight to Next.js makes more sense. But there are use cases for still using some of that stuff and then just taking advantage of some of the features of Astro. It's almost in a weird way. It's not quite the same and it's not quite as beneficial, I don't think. But like what Next.js offers for React, Astro can offer similar things for React and other libraries. But at scale, how easy that is and how integrated that is, is still kind of an open question on my end. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what are some of the situations where maybe Astro is not the right choice? 
think if you're building something that's heavier on full stack and backend, again, I think other frameworks have niceties already built in that the developer experience for those specific things are probably going to be better elsewhere. Like with Astro, you get kind of, you can write if it's a post request, look inside there and get what you need and, and do blah, blah, blah. And that works. I think other frameworks just are probably a little better at that right now. So that's, I think, probably the biggest differentiator is I would look at something like Next.js Feltkit that's been doing that type of thing longer. And Next.js is going through its big transition now with the new app router directory with React server components. There's a lot going on there and a little bit of question marks of adoption for people. Again, going back to like, you have to be willing to adopt and or adapt and learn new things. I think if you're getting really into doing more backend stuff, it's probably a little easier, more comfortable to use something else like Next.js, just knowing that you can also do it if you wanted to in Astro. And then what are some of the upcoming, you know, features or developments that are happening in the Astro world that are worth, uh, you know, mentioning that might be exciting to people? Actually, I can give you one. There's also one thing I want to shout out if I can get to it really quickly is there's an Astro Weekly newsletter that I just signed up for. It's not by me. Astro is doing a lot with view transitions. And this is kind of a new thing that I am not super educated on. So I'll do a little bit here. I think view transitions, I think what it does is kind of take screenshots of as you navigate from page to page, it takes a screenshot of the previous page and kind of fades in or does some sort of animation to get to the next page. So one of the downsides, potential downsides, that limitations that I should have caught out earlier, by default, Astro is a multi-page application, which means you don't have any like, load the next page in the browser. You're doing the full page refresh to get the next page. View transitions helps mitigate that by kind of showing the nice transitions between pages to make it look like, and I think it actually does happen on the front end. So it gives you kind of the spa experience while also still taking advantage of like Astro as a framework. Also, they have a way to do shared state between pages, and I, I haven't done this myself, but view transitions in Astro comes with the ability to share state between pages. So you could keep a cart in the top right as you navigate pages that keeps the number one icon to show that you have one item in the cart, for example. I think that's super cool. They also just made an update that I would have to go back and, and like read. Anyway, like view transitions is something that they have been really innovative with. It works really nicely. I think it really is kind of showing the flexibility of Astro being able to address potential limitations like the full page refresh limitation that was before and giving people the nice experience around it. So view transitions is one thing I would definitely keep an eye out for. I don't actually know what the next like big features are that they're working on, but I am excited maybe just like everyone else to kind of hear more in the future. How's the project supported? So I know it's open source, right? But is it company backed? Like who's sort of funding this project? Again, not the best person to answer, I don't think. I don't think it's company backed in the sense like SvelteKit is backed by Vercel. So Vercel employs Rich Harris full time to work on SvelteKit. I don't know what the situation is exactly for Astro. I'm almost positive it's not company backed in that way. I think they have taken funding, but I, I probably should just not speak on that because I don't actually know the details. Okay, yeah, throwing your curveball there. But as we start to wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share? Just to encourage people to try it out. Like selfishly, I have a course, so there's like money involved there. But aside from the course, I think it's just a really awesome framework. I think it's super exciting what they've already done, what they will continue to do. I think their focus on community and developer experience is really pretty special. So I would just encourage people to take, take an hour, try it out and just see what it's like. Maybe I've seen lots of people porting their site over and like me, been really happy with the experience. So give it a shot and see what you think. And you know, if it's something that interests you, do more with it. And if not, there's also lots of really amazing frameworks out there. So no, no real downside to just giving it a shot. 
I, at some point I want to replatform our website for my day job at Skyflow. So maybe we'll take a look mm, at the Astro framework to do that. Nice. Yeah. So James, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, and it's great to see you again. I'm sure we'll run into each other again at some upcoming developer conference. But for anyone who wants to stay in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah. So James Q Quick on most social media, Twitter being the biggest one. Website is jamesqquick.com. I have a newsletter where I send out typically although weekly, although it's been a couple of weeks, a new newsletter, James Q Quick on YouTube. So that's where I do the majority of my content. And yeah, any any combination of those things is, is probably the best one. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here and cheers. Well, cool. thanks for having me.